Come on. So Iron Come Man on. came out if <laughs> no stop. Come no, Cormac. <laughs> sink it, oh, for sink. God's sake. Sink it. Sink. Oh my god, he's doing it. Oh my god. <laughs> I didn't actually think you were gonna sink that oh, tub of wine. It actually wasn't that bad. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Movie Chef podcast where we make a meal out of movies. Uh, I am your host, Tebs, uh, bringing you uh, a 2021. What are you doing? My my executive host, Cormac, is I'm showing, showing you my cup. I'm showing you the mug. Winnie, I'm drinking Winnie the Pooh mug that he's probably drinking Mito's out of. Is that, <laughs> you know, that mug would be banned in China. Oh, yeah, for this one, Z, uh, yeah, yeah, Winnie the Pooh. No, I'm drinking out of my Winnie the Pooh cup tonight um, just because, you know. Yeah, well, you've got to have a night off, haven't you? You do, you really do. You got to calm it down every once in a while. Cleanse. Yeah, I'm not. I'm only on the wine tonight. I'm not drinking fucking mojitos. And you're not getting banned off Twitter again. Oh, that was that was a tough twelve hours there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, this this is the irony for you. You got banned off Twitter because you called Donald Trump a cunt, or you wanted Jack to call him a cunt, Jack Dorsey. From... Yeah, I, yeah, I think the I think the actual tweet was. I no, again, this was. Whilst I was drinking a mojito, I thought in my infinite seven, wisdom, would, seven yeah, mojitos down. It would be great. It would be great to fucking call somebody a cunt and, and actually at them on Twitter. Um, so yeah, that, like I, no, I, I'm I'm not like James Bond. I actually added Twitter and added Jack in the tweet as well. So it was very obvious. You know, it, it, they didn't really need to do much deep diving into figuring out their boost. But what I can't get over was it was classed as hate speech. Well, yeah, see. Because then what happened was, because you were banned, I tweeted from the podcast uh, official account at Pod Movie Chef that while you were banned, we should all retweet a picture of you drunk, and it'd be <laughs> hilarious. And apparently, that's hit hit speech as well. <laughs> well, do you want to know something? Now, this photo has has haunted me now for like ten years. Right <laughs> now, do you want to know the ultimate irony about that photograph? Right, I know what it is, and I'm going to edit this out so you can't tell everybody. <laughs> I wasn't drunk. <laughs> I wasn't even drunk. I was literally, I was literally sitting on a bench in the park, and that, that's bad the, enough. I, <laughs> I was guy, sitting on the bench in the park no, no, with a bottle no, of wine. No, <laughs> I wasn't drunk. I'm not saying I'm not saying that I wasn't drinking the wine, but what I'm saying is, one of the guys, the guy who took the photograph, Phil, said to me, "Make a funny face." And so I held up the bottle of wine and went, Ugh. and that that was that. And you know, it didn't catch me mid speech when I got there. It was literally me putting on a funny face, sober with a bottle of wine. But no, it's it just keeps every every year, every year, uh, my brother posts up the anniversary of it on Twitter or wherever he's on. Oh, I won't let you forget it now. It's a fantastic picture. Well, because then I got banned off Twitter for 12 hours because I wanted everybody to take the piss out of you. Now, apparently Twitter's uh, complaints appeal process doesn't account for the fact that you are actually my executive host. <laughs> uh, they don't care about any of that stuff. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Did you not explain this to Jack Dorsey? <laughs> I explained. I actually, I actually appealed and I said, he's my executive host. We have banter all the time. Let it go. <laughs> and they, did, they rejected it. Now, apparently, right, 
if you call you if you say Donald Trump, I think you're a cunt. That's fine because that's your opinion. But if you say, "Hey, everyone, go and call Donald Trump a cunt," that's hateful because you're directing harm at somebody. And apparently, you can say. I think that's how the Ayatollah of Iran manages to stay on. He's kind of like, <laughs> I think all these people should be wiped off the earth, as opposed to Trump that, uh, oh, we missed the insurrection as well. Should we have been Star Trek insurrection for the... Uh... I, I don't, like, I just, I don't understand what's going on in the world. Like, it's it's just I, the backtracking and, you know, th- all this crap, with, with, what Republicans are doing at the minute, oh, we need, we need unity. Hold on. Fuck off. You, you've literally just poured ga- fucking petrol on a fire for four years and it's yeah. finally blown up in your face. And yeah. now you turn around and go, guys, no, no, we need unity now. No, motherfucker. No, <laughs> no unity. No unity until accountability happens. No unity. I want, you know, the greatest thing in the world. Now, I think I've said it before in this podcast, I feel sorry for kids nowadays because the stigma of social media and cameras and video and, you know, all this shit in the world, you know, it makes it very hard for them to have a life and very hard for them to, you know, to grow up and to be normal functioning adults. Because let's be honest, if there was that shit was around when I was growing up, all fucking serious or joking aside, I probably would have hung myself by now. Yeah. You know, with, with yeah, all, all the stuff, all the stuff that I did when I was younger that I got away with that nobody was filming. You know, kids aren't allowed to be kids anymore. They're not allowed to experiment with stuff. They're not allowed, you know, everything has to go up. They're not allowed, you're not allowed to have an opinion when you're 13 because when you're 20, it'll come back and haunt you. Oh, do you remember that time that you, you had that picture of fucking Hitler up on your, your Twitter? Yeah, but it was yeah. just, I was 13. Yeah, tough. You're fired yeah. now and your fucking life is over. You know, that that's that's I don't like that part of the social media suspect or aspect. But on the other hand of that, <laughs> all these stupid fucking assholes filmed themselves doing it. Stealing, you know, stealing, stealing these... stuff. And, and they're so brazen. They just thought they would get away with it. I'm going to take I'm going to steal stuff. I'm going to break doors. I'm going to smash that. I'm going to fucking assault police officers. And I'm going to film doing it. That's the confidence of my the, my whiteness that I have that I'm going to get away with this shit. And, you know, the irony of it was the one time when they should have been wearing a mask. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. The one of... time. How do you walk into your nation's. Parliament. That's Parliament to us, basically. Well, they didn't walk. They were let in. They were let in, yeah. But you imagine, we had a situation in the UK uh, four years ago now where a guy drove a car at Parliament and he got about, what, 40 yards away, crashing Mm -hmm. some barriers, and he was tackled to the floor by an MP and a few other people. And that's as close as he got. These Dickheads had pipe bombs, they had cable ties, they had... I, I was kind of... When it was first happening, I'm like, all oh, right, it's a protest and the, and the storming in and they're occupying the building and, oh, it's kind of bad. And it's actually kind of dawned on me just how vicious and how serious this was over the, you know, the couple of hours afterwards when you see yeah. the news and things, it's, it's kind of like, man, this is actually... This is pretty full on. And you what? see, like, videos of security guards who were like leading them away there were like one guy a a black officer of the capital he was sort of blocking the route to get to the senate floor where all your vice president is yeah it was now this is it's a different kind of analogy but it reminded me and this is this is the serious this is where we get serious 
Um, yeah. It reminded me a while ago. Um, something happened in Northern Ireland in the early 90s. There were two uh, undercover uh, plainclothes army officers were at an IRA uh, funeral, basically watching, taking photographs, mm-hmm. who was there and all this stuff. Like, um, The crowd realised that they were undercover. They crowded around the car, pulled them out, and they were taken down an alleyway in the Falls Road and shot, right? And they were just left at the back of an alleyway. Now, all this is filmed. I, I don't know if you'd want to watch it, but it is all on film. You can see the whole thing happening. Um, a couple of weeks later, um, they were having another funeral of an IRA person that was killed in a bomb, and this was at a, the Milltown Cemetery. And there was a guy called Michael Stone. He's a basically a loyalist terrorist. Went to the graveyard and started throwing grenades into the crowds. And he had a, a weapon with him as well. Mm. And he had to be basically subdued. This is, again, this is all on film. You know, you can watch this all on YouTube. Um, and he was then obviously put in prison. And rightly so. Uh, he murdered a few people. Um, and then under the Good Friday Agreement, he was let out. He was let out. Right mm-hmm. now, a lot everybody was let out. All the terrorists were let out. Nationalists and and loyalists, they were both let out. Uh, a few years after he got out, right, everything was peaceful. Stormont government, everything was going grand. Michael Stone went to Stormont, our our government, uh, with a couple of fake knives and fake handguns and stuff like that. There, yeah, and pretended to storm Stormont, and he was put back in prison. Yeah. So Enki went back to prison for like 10 years, 15 years or something like that there. Like. Uh, now, that is what that reminded me of completely and mm. how it could have it could have escalated. And obviously it did. There's, I don't understand why people aren't talking about the pipe bombs and, you know, stuff like that there that they find. You know, that that to me is the most, you know, criminal, incriminating thing that happened. Um, but again, five people dead, you know, uh, yeah. a, 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 a police officer you know, bludgeoned with a fucking fire extinguisher. I mean, my God. I mean, and then Trump has the gall now that he won't even fly a flag at half mast. Like, what, what, what does that do? What does that? What, what, what does it take? You know, to do that just to show the family that they're their person, the person that they were trying to defend the fucking capital. It doesn't. You know care. what? What it does not. It doesn't affect him. So he doesn't give a shit. No, as far as he's concerned, he was blocking. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure whether he's. He started a lie, and you know when a lie snowballs so bad, and you've just mm. got to commit to it. Yeah. So oh, yeah. Does he does he know he's lying, and he's just got to keep going with it now, and it's just got too far? Or I, I, I don't, does yeah, he truly I'm, believe he's been shafted out this election? Yeah. I th- I think he's the or because I I believe in his head he is so sociopathic, he cannot understand how he could lose in a fair election. He doesn't, he does not, that can't contemplate in his head. Now, look at the amount of businesses. Now, what I'll say is I I listened to an episode of um, the Dollop podcast, if you've ever listened to it. Very, very, very funny podcast. Basically a guy called Dave Anthony who tells his friends stories about American history and most of the time it's it's outrageous. Um, Very, very funny. He did an episode on Donald Trump. Um, I think it was back in 2018. If you were to listen to that podcast now, of all the shit that Donald Trump did when he was younger, it's like, how, how has that man... And the, the problem is, is, is the supporters don't believe that he has done anything wrong at any point in his life. And but it's, you know it's, what, 
<clears throat> you know what's happening now? Because I, I, I text you because I've been watching CNN and Fox. Yeah. <laughs> I love seeing both sides of the coin. That's, I think what's, that's what started the fucking Mojito shit. Because I was sitting up watching CNN and fucking Jeff fucking Smith on, on CNBC. CNN has permanently been that meme from South Park with the guy that's just come over on himself in front of the computer. That's yeah. CNN oh, yeah. right now. The traitors, treason, every opportunity, insurrection, coup. They are. They, he has just given them all the ammunition they need to go after him. And then I turned over and for the first time I actually watched an episode of Tucker Carlson. God. He is one dangerous bastard. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to take the piss out of him. He is dangerous. Yeah, but he... they all are. They all are dangerous. Like he's, Kellyanne, he's... Kellyanne Conway, Ted Cruz. Mm. You know, they're all Tucker. dangerous. This Tucker Carlson is basically saying to people now, Trump's forgotten about you. Trump's not speaking for you anymore. So who is? And he is laying them seeds to basically hoover up. And he can see that there's 75 million Trump voters out there. And if he can harvest 50 million of them, that could put him in the White House. Oh, yeah. These, well, that's that's just what it all is about now. Like, you know, uh, but I would be very surprised if it's not one of the demon spawn that, that goes for the White House now. Um, you know, in prison. Ted, I don't think they will. Because I, I, said something to, I said something to my missus the other night, right? And I said, do you think... In what world or what reality do you think that Joe Biden could actually pardon Donald Trump? Wow. That's unity, isn't it? Well, that's what I thought as well. That's a way to draw a line under it. I, that's, a way, from... that's, a way, that's a way to claw back maybe 20 million people away from mm. the fucking shotguns. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, should we talk about some movies? Yeah, let's talk about movies. Right, trailers. So um, we'll start with um, one trailer that I sent you today. Um, it is the trailer for Finding Ohana. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a Netflix original film coming out um, about a young uh, pair of siblings from Brooklyn that go to uh, um, a town called Oahu. 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 And uh, basically go on and try to find some long lost treasure and uh, it's all about Hawaiian heritage and this, that and the other. Uh, it, it, you you were just saying this before, it's sort of Moana crossed with the Goonies. And I yeah. kind of like that. I think yeah. that's just and, I mean, perfect. I, I, think, I think it's one of those movies that uh, I will I will sit and watch with my kids. Um, it, it's kind of got that kind of uh, treasure hunting aspect that I think me and you absolutely both love. National Treasure. You know, we yep. both love that. Um, I love, I love that kind of stuff. That mixture of history and fucking treasure hunting, Indiana Jones. You know, you you gotta love it. Can I just say, just going back to the the Trump stuff very quickly, I loved somebody's tweet saying, uh, "I'm I'm starting to understand how easy it was for Nicholas Cage to steal the Declaration of Independence." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he should have just walked in there and took it. Um, so yeah, you're gonna uh, you're gonna watch this on Netflix. It's so much to sit down with kids. It looks sort of yeah. good. Sort of yeah. I was gonna watch so that. I was gonna watch that Robert Rodriguez the superhero thing the other night, and then I just completely forgot about it. It looks dog shit, to be honest. But apparently, it's 50, not made for me. 55 million people have watched it already on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, and there's an awful lot of people stuck in their houses with something to, needing something to watch right now. You know what I mean? Let's, <laughs> I suppose, let's put yeah. it in context. Well, to what, be fair, what, I, I did watch the fucking Rwandan genocide documentary on lockdown, so, you know, you will watch some strange shit. Um, speaking of, well, it's not really strange, it's just fucking stupid. Uh, Locked Down, 
is another trailer that's come out this week that I sent you on. It's Cheer to Hydrophore, and it is Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway does look beautiful in this, so, you know, I'll go easy. Anne Hathaway looks beautiful in a lot, to be honest. But this is um, Ben Kingsley, Ben Stiller, uh, Lucy Boynton, um, Stephen Merchant. So they've got a lot of names in this, but... I think what's evident from the trailer is this is about basically um, a couple attempts at high risk uh, jewel heist uh, in but, a department. Like it, it, but it doesn't start. It doesn't start like that in the trailer. It's like no, it a doesn't. minute. It's a minute and a half of two people trying to survive lockdown, to, and they don't particularly get along. And then it takes this uh, from dusk till dawn turn in the trailer, where they now become jewel thieves. Yeah. And to, to save their relationship, and I'd like now. What I will say is, if got touch wood, if I had cancer, right, I would not want to watch a movie about a guy getting cancer. If I had lost my foot in a fucking freak farming accident, I don't want to see a movie about a guy losing his foot in a freak farming accident. I've been stuck in the house for four months of in the last year, basically, with my two maniac children, and my missus, she's great, um, but the two maniac children, I don't want to see a movie about people in lockdown. I'm sorry, it's not, like, am I mad? Like, like no, am I? Not at all. I, I saw this, and to be honest, I stopped watching the trailer before all the Jewel High stuff started. <laughs> I was just watch. I was watching it, and I just thought, I can't be asked for this, because, first of all, it... Uh, oh yeah, we've got. I'm a... not allowed out to be a jewel thief. Yeah. <laughs> first, me if I step outside the door. First of all, you're watching it and everybody's recording it on Zoom and recording it over, and it's all filmed during the pandemic. And it's like, oh yeah, that, doesn't it look great? Everybody lending the voices and lending the faces to it. You've you made such a sacrifice to make this film. You literally, we know you're sat in your house. And I personally, I want to know. I want to know. Sorry, it's a, to, to, just to go on for that. I want to know yeah. how much Ben Kingsley's made out of this movie because none of his parts are filmed by an actual camera crew. It's all he's just on a camera phone. Yep. Oh, I want to know how much that motherfucker... Now, he is brilliant. I want to know how much he got paid. He will have sent them a, a, a number, I think, in six-digit six number, and he'll have said, pay me that, and I'll do whatever you want. Um, but, you know, I know two couples who have split during lockdown, and one of those people have moved out. And I also know one other person that was in his family home and decided to move in out somewhere else on his own. Moving in and moving out during this lockdown is not an issue. So they've made. I've, I'm just watching this, thinking you're not stuck together. Move out. It's not realistic. <laughs> and Hathaway would never marry Ajafor. <laughs> Unrealistic. I don't, I don't think Ajafor would have gone for Hathaway. To be honest, I think he can do to better. Be fair, to be fair, yeah, he probably could. She's got an Oscar though. Best 13 minutes of her and life for that Oscar. And she's beautiful. Yeah. Um, right, we're going to just touch on some news that I forgot to cover last week. How <laughs> 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 professional. <laughs> was the Empire site encrypted last week or something? Or? <laughs> well, my Wi-Fi was down for a day. Um, <laughs> Richard Donner, um, septuagint, no, octogenate, non nonagenarian, Richard Donner, 90-year-old Richard Donner has confirmed... Nonagenarian? Nonagen what the what the fuck is that word mean? Nonagenarian in his nineties. Why not just say in his nineties? Ninety-year-old man. Ninety-year-old man. That wasn't eloquent. Senator Tenemina. Septuagenarian is in your seventies. Octogenarian is in your eighties. I think it's nonagenarian. 
Anyway, 90-year-old Richard Donner is coming back to direct the uh, much-anticipated Lethal Weapon 5. Now, Not this... anticipating it at all. <laughs> <laughs> now, this, at all. this isn't the Lethal Weapon 5 we saw um, made during... Um, it's always, it's always sunny. sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> how how fantastic would it actually be, right? Just, if they if they did write the story around that episode, that would have been amazing. That would be good. Um, Mel Gibson's back. Danny Glover's back. He's still too old for this shit. Um, he's promised. Uh, Richard Donner, Dick Donner, has promised that this is the last one. <laughs> right. Unless it unless it makes a billion. Um. It tried to sort of have a, a TV uh, reboot between sort of 2016 and 2019 with Marlon Wayans and people like that, and it just didn't get off the ground. But but it um, did. It did get off the ground. Well, it got three series seasons. And then yeah, got but your man, ah, but your man left because it was actually quite highly rated in the first and second season, and then the guy did you left. Watch, did you watch any of it? Well, I didn't watch it, but there was millions. <laughs> there was, I think. I think it was like I think I seen the the viewing figures and it was the season two where I think it was like 16, 17 million people were watching it. Like it was quite popular. And then the guy left, and then I can't remember who was your man who came in the third season. Was it Paul uh-huh. Walker? What's his name? Not Paul. Paul Walker. Walker. It wasn't Not Paul Walker, mate. <laughs> what's the guy at a? Um, what's his name? American Pie Stifler. Sean William Scott. Sean William Scott, he then came in uh, and he came in and he was the kind of cracker relief, uh, you know, <laughs> in, in, <laughs> you know, he then became that person. And then it kind of didn't get like uh, it wasn't brought forward for a fourth season. But again, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I didn't watch any of it, but I'm not really no. interested in Lethal Weapon. What is it? Five? Lethal Weapon five? Like, five well, we know. Now. We know all we're gonna we're gonna get Joe Pesci again. We're gonna get Joe Pesci. Um, Are we? Because he had to be dragged out of retirement for um, the Irishman. Dragged out. Apparently, he had to be dragged out of retirement. Dragged apparently, out. apparently, he was asked like ten times by Scorsese to. Take I the... bet you 20, 20 English pounds that Joe Pesci will be in Lethal Weapon Five. Oh, there's a bet. I'm not taking it, but there's a bet. Do you reckon? You reckon he will be? Bleach yeah. blonde and everything. Well, I just bet you money. No, I'm fucking watching the way fucking. Oh, do you think he will? I just bet you. What the fuck? I think he's going to be bleach blonde. I think they're going to keep that. Is no, it? He's going to be bald. He's going to be an okay, octogenarian. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> that's, that's the basic. That's basically the script for Joe Pesci in Leave Weapon. Okay, 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 uh, okay. That's probably why I turned three off halfway through. I and then see. Mel's going to drop some fucking hard, hard J's. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he will drop a hard J somewhere. Like He's going to do one there. Um, Dexter um, has been announced. We mentioned this a, a while ago that Dexter is coming back for a sort of a. Uh, a new 10 episode season run. Did you watch Dexter when it first came out? Nope. <laughs> great, great first sort of four series. Everyone then... says the same thing. Everyone says the same thing. I know yeah. how it ended though. I do know how it ended because oh, everybody has about, I have about five or six friends who all love Dexter and they were all talking amongst each other. And I was like, listen, just, just fucking tell me the end of it. And then they told me the end of it. And I was like, wow, that's shit. Yeah. <laughs> Even for somebody that's never watched it. That's okay. Shit. Spoiler alert for Dexter. <laughs> If anybody hasn't watched Dexter and plans to watch it in the future, turn off now. Skip forward. Just you skip. can just press your button and skip forward 30 seconds, okay? Basically, the son that he were always promising never to leave like his dad did, he left him. 
<laughs> it's like that's the whole crux of the show. I promise I'll always be there for my son. I'll always be there for my son. Last episode, fucked off. Jeez. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so anyway, the, the villain um, has been announced as Clancy Brown. And you he, cannot he of... get a better man. Really? Kurt the Kurgan. The Kurgan. <laughs> the Kurgan. The Kurgan. Do you know what? I actually, I'm, I'm so glad you, you reminded me of Clancy Brown because I watched Highlander was on about a week ago and I watched I it. Gonna... Yeah, I tipped it, tipped it, and uh, I watched it the other night. What a show. What a fucking soundtrack. Oh, Highlander. Yeah. Highlander is amazing. I love it. I watched Flash Gordon all the way through for the first time in about 30 years the other day. Mm-hmm. God, it's awful. Ah, oh, shut up. <laughs> it's fucking awful. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. Highlander Highlander is, is amazing. And Clancy Brown is amazing in Highlander. Uh, Kevin Feige, he of Marvel Studios. It's not Feige. Feige, Feige. Kevin Feige, Feige. Um, he of Marvel Studios is uh, producing a Star Wars film. Hey. And I thought um, we came to the conclusion, Paul, right? That we were happy that the Star Wars universe is now just a Mandalorian. That's it. Oh no, there's that, more. There's no, more. no, 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 no. That is it. Star Wars universe is just Mandalorian now, and but, we we build from there. We we build from Mandalorian and we go on. Well, this one, I don't even know what they're doing though. It's being written by the same guy um, who did some of Rick and Morty and Community, Michael Waldron. So it's okay. probably going to be. It's probably. I think it'd be good. It's quite funny. Maybe no, it's not no. what's supposed and, to be funny. It's not well, yeah, but well, partly it is, yeah, because that's what Ryan Johnson did, did didn't he? <laughs> not intentionally. Well, sorry, uh, sorry, can you hear me? So, sorry, can you hear me? Hello, I, you, Hello? you definitely remember, can hear do you remember, me. Sir? Do you remember? Do you remember that going on for like a minute and a half at the oh, start of too... a Star Wars movie? Do you remember that? Straight away, straight away. Oh, this is man. we need to make Oscar Isaacs the uh. Poor Dameron. We need to make him Han Solo. <laughs> we need him to be quippy and hilarious. Uh, oh no! I, I must admit, when I was watching that, it was kind of like this just didn't work. In I, <laughs> I was sitting next to my son in the cinema, right? And when the music came on, I'm like, "Wow, this is great! This is great!" And yeah. then that scene happened within the first five minutes of the movie, and I knew straight away. I was like, "This is going to be absolute dog shit," and uh, I wasn't wrong. Do you like musicals? <laughs> Who fucking doesn't like musicals, Paul? Do you like Monty Python? Oh, <laughs> a bit of Spamalot. Spamalot is coming to the screen. Apparently Fox had it lined up as a project for ages until Disney bought Fox. Uh, and now Paramount have taken it on. Um, it's going to be directed by Casey Nicolau, uh, a Broadway veteran, so described, who did the choreography at Book of Mormon and stuff like that. Um Looks like this is moving forward. I'm all right with this. I'm all right. I've yeah. never seen Spam a lot. It, it, it does, it does kind of, but do you not just want to watch Spam-a-lot. Michael Python and yeah, and the quest for the Holy Grail? We've not just, yeah, I must. I, well, apparently, the story is quite different and apparently it's quite funny. I would, I, but what I must take exception is the news article where I've pilfered this from is from Variety and they said, uh, Spam a lot, uh, the musical which made famous the song It's Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. I'm just thinking, what. It was number one in the UK in 1992 or something. Go fuck yourselves, you know. It's like, but that was a life of Brian as well, like exactly. But the, apparently they used that song in Spam a lot. Oh right, okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. 
first the first time I was in New York, they were doing. Uh... <laughs> I've been in New York so many times, Cormac. <laughs> I'm trying to remember which time it was I went to New York, but all the cast were out on the stage in Times Square, and they had a, and they'd bring out Broadway shows to do like a little rehearsal but in front of everybody so you know give you like a sneak peek and go buy the tickets and stuff and there were a bunch of people in knight's armor singing always look on the bright side of life and i'm like what the what, what's going on here what? <laughs> the continuity of this is absolutely shocking <laughs> dear <laughs> eric idol <laughs> you should really be on a cross singing that song <laughs> um and to segue into this week's episode um there are rumors rumors abound um, <laughs> Oh, what have you done? Oh, fucking hell. Oh, made a have wrong you done decision. <sighs> no, I've made a wrong decision there. What was in oh. that cup? Uh. Is that more rum? It was red wine. Oh, fuck me, Paul. <laughs> Did you just neck a cup of red wine? No, I just had a wee sip and it's fuck. Oh, Sh- fuck. shame it. Shame it right now. What? Who is it? Where is it yellow, from? Yellowtail Shiraz. Oh, God. Yellowtail? Oh, that's the house red of choice for a lot of restaurants. Oh, cheapers creep. Sorry, just, <laughs> just completely interrupt the podcast. <laughs> Don't worry, it's Cormac's wine review corner. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus cheapers. Christ. Well, maybe the, it's not the best to be drinking that out of a fucking Winnie the Pooh cup, like, but you know, oh. <laughs> you, can imagine, you can imagine that talking to a wine connoisseur, can't you? It's like, no, nah, I didn't care for the yellow tail. Ah, oh, maybe it was the bouquet. Yeah, maybe it was. Maybe it was the, the taste in, in the back of the throat. Maybe it was. Uh, what kind of glass was it? <laughs> it was a Winnie the Pooh mug. Ah, <laughs> maybe that's why. Well. It's <laughs> Sorry, let's let's edit this bit out and we can move on. No, it's staying in. So we can... <laughs> you choking on your yellow tail, so to speak. Um, more Star Wars news. Um, there are rumors circulating. Um, that Robert Downey Jr. is being lined up to play a role in the new Star Wars universe. And considering um, there's about 12 different Star Wars projects on the go, one of the main sort of bits of um, bit of rumour is that he's playing that Admiral Thrawn, Thrawn in the Ahsoka uh, TV show. Ahsoka. Um, but then somebody else come out saying, no, that's a load of bullshit. I... <sighs> I'd be happy with him. I don't have a problem with him being in Star Wars, but I don't know Thrawn well enough to know whether it'd be a good fit for him or not. Too big of a star, maybe. Um, I think there's a lot of better bad guys. Do you know what I mean? I, th- I think the only reason that Downey Jr. would take this job is to reposition himself in some kind of acting forum. You know, it's, it's not to, it's not to advance his, his himself monetarily. Like it's just to kind no. of give him more of a range in, in acting. It needs to do something where people pay to go see it because after Doolittle, which was an absolute abomination. Really? That was, Is that oh, bad? Was awful. Awful. It, the original Doctor Doolittle was a bomb. It's just held mm. some kind of warm hearted sort of, you know, since it's come out, Rex Harrison and all that. Um, and the, 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 the Doolittle from last year, it, it was embarrassing. It, really? it was, it, it was like he was going Johnny Depp, but you know when Johnny Depp goes into the kind of full on committing to a character too much, you know, mm-hmm. Lone Ranger kind of that stage in his career where he was always showing up as somebody else, some wacky character, and there's Robert Downey Jr. with some crap Welsh accent. While oh, yeah, that's it's 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 Robert Downey Jr. is either Iron Man or British. 
Yeah. There's the, the, I, I don't understand why he's kind of went to that kind of side now. Like it's either he's either Tony Stark, Iron Man, or he's British, some kind of British person, whether it be Welsh. Next, he'll be Scottish next. He'll, you know, he'll be fucking, you know, Robert the Bruce or whatever. Well, the Sherlock Holmes is coming again. So we've still got that on the go. But they are great movies. They are. They are. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Um, so, yeah. So this week, uh, we are going to be talking about, uh, funnily enough, with Robert Downey Jr., um, the Marvel Cin- Cinematic Universe. We're going to be going through these groups of films at a time. So we're, we're going to do Iron Man Trilogy today. We're going to have a look at that. Um, further down the line, we're going to have a look at Captain America Trilogy, because I think that's the best. Then double, we're going to have- The double there, Captain America double. The, the Captain America trilogy, which was confirmed to you on Twitter. And we just say one of our <laughs> listeners did confirm to you. It's like the argument we had many years ago when I was telling you it's called The Lost World Jurassic Park and you would not have any of it. You would not accept. <laughs> you said it's Jurassic Park, The Lost World. I think we almost started fisting over that one. <laughs> I, like... once, I once said it. This is going to be completely off topic, but one of my good friends, Daggy, um, we had, like, this is before the internet. This is when we were like 16, 17. We had an argument that, <laughs> that Bob Dylan was or wasn't in the Traveling Wilburys. And this went on. This went on for about probably about ten years until the internet was invented. And then I seen that Bob Bob Dylan was in the Dragon Mulberry. They had to ring him up and go, "Sorry about that." <laughs> so yeah, we're going to do the Captain America trilogy. Um, then I'm afraid we're going to have to do Thor. We're going to have to do Thor after that because he's had his own trilogy. We'll probably do that by the time Love and Thunder yeah, comes out. On on the good side of it, you get you get to watch Ragnarok. Like. Ragnarok's very good. I I've got a space for Thor one. I enjoyed Thor. Mm. I've got a space there. It's mm. not a very big space, but there's a space. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. Rewatching rewatching a lot of the Marvel movies, you know, Iron Man is probably the best origin movie for me. Welcome to Pineapple Pizza Podcast, where we serve up delicious slices of mythology, cryptozoology, and urban legends. I'm Ashley. To anyone who doesn't know me that well, the fact that I'm laughing right now probably horrifies you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Emily. What are the chances? I don't know. Uh, Like, bum, bum, bum. (laughs) 50-50? And I'm Lindsay. I banished you to the shadow of death. I corrupt you to the netherworld from which no one has come. Pineapple Pizza Podcast. Stop on by for a slice, a story, and a laugh. So Iron Man um, kickstarted the MCU. Did Iron Man was the first one, and then Incredible Hulk was shortly after this. Um, the same year, there was 2008. There were the same year. Um, but yeah, I can't remember which one came out first. Probably, I think Iron Man was the probably first Iron Man. Yeah, because the end, the end sequence in in Hulk had Tony Stark. So yeah, and it links back into the the conversation. Yeah, so we'll come on to that in a minute, but. Um, you know, I think the first thing that steps out for me, I wanted to look at Robert Downey Jr. in this. And again, mm-hmm. everyone sort of looked at him before and people know he's had his troubles in his past. But when I've started sort of reading into just, because I remember growing up as a teenager, it's like, oh, Robert Downey Jr. has been arrested again or what have you. Bad and boy. Yeah. yeah. He was a bad boy. It was a Hollywood bad boy. And we're going to talk more about bad boys later on. Yeah. But, Comic loves a bad boy. So he's been acting since he was five years old. And he was part of this Brat Pack scene. He was in Weird Science, which I totally forgot. Yeah. 
um, less than zero. And then he was nominated for his first Academy Award with Chaplin, nineteen ninety two one, which I've still not seen to this day. It's a, great, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. Charlie Chaplin's one of those people. I know we're going off topic, like, but Charlie Chaplin's one of these people that is a very interesting person. You know, mm. marrying a fucking fourteen year old. <laughs> That's not quite interesting, is it, Cobb? It's not it's good, like, it's not good. Nah, it's not good. Nobody mentions that. Woody Allen, nobody. <laughs> no, well, I think a lot of a... people mention Woody Allen. <laughs> it's kind of weird bet, what you did there, Woody. You I bet used to clean, You used to clean her vagina. <laughs> well, maybe he still does. <laughs> Sorry, <it's> Shiraz. <laughs> I just, can I just say, I was at, I'm going to name him. I was at a, a corporate day at Blackburn Rovers Football Club. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! All right, and um, we were there. Sutton touched touched me up. No, 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 no. And you know what? It was it was just on the. This was twenty twelve thirteen. It, it was the year they were getting relegated. You know, it was around okay. that time. And um, we were all there, and everyone's in you know the corporate lounge afterwards. You know the bit that everybody hates because we're all inside and nice and warm and we're having coffee mm-hmm. and stuff. Paul Robinson's there, and and then the you had the you compare. And he stood there and um, somebody won a raffle prize. And this beautiful young woman, she's probably mid-20s, stunning, abs- you know, just beautiful. She comes up and collects a prize. And this bloke's there with microphone. And he goes, blimey. And she walks off. He goes, if she were my daughter, I'd still be bathing her. Oh. <laughs> you could have heard a pin drop in the room. It was just oh, like, oh, my God. You don't say that, you don't say that shit out loud, Cormac. <laughs> oh, all right, okay. <laughs> So anyway, um, Robert, Robert Downey Jr. Um, and then he spent most of the 90s uh, in and out of rehab, uh, in and out of prison. Um, apparently he's been addicted to marijuana and various other drugs. His father got him into drugs at the age of six. Um, don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> that's it, that's all I'm saying. His father got him into drugs when he was six? Well, did you never <laughs> see the Christian... Was he passing, passing the doobie? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, he was surrounded by drugs. His father was a drug addict. This is all from Wikipedia, by the way. I haven't gone and chatted to Bob Downey about this. but um, uh, And apparently his father later regretted giving his son marijuana at the age of six. You, you would, like, you know, you would. Yeah. When, um, a quote from Downey Jr. When my dad and I, you would do drugs together, it was like him trying to express his love for me in the only way he knew how. When I was six. So uh, began taking. I took uh, I took my son out to have a game of football. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the best way to do it, really, isn't it? So from 1996 onwards, he was having um, is arrested for uh, cocaine, heroin possession, uh, speeding. Um, he explained to the dr- judge at one point that continuous reoffending and continuous use of drugs was like having a, a shotgun in his mouth and enjoying the taste of metal. Um, but he was the guy that you know needed help. Um, April 1996, he was arrested for, like I say, for possession of heroin and cocaine, and he had an unloaded Magnum in his car speeding down Sunset Boulevard. I mean, to be honest, if you're a movie star, <laughs> there's better ways to be <laughs> arrested, isn't there? I mean, come on. <laughs> it's like the scene out of True Romance where the bag of coke just explodes all over the guys speeding around Los Angeles. Um, so yeah, he's missed he missed certain court order drug tests, and he ended up spending six months in Los Angeles County Jail. Came back out, and he was in uh, one of his um, trials. Actually, one of his court appearances, he was um, represented by Robert Shapiro, who we all know as OJ's lawyer. Oh, okay. 
So uh, he got three years for that one, by the way. So he didn't. <laughs> he didn't. That was his shit. OJ got away with murder for fuck's sake, and his footprints <laughs> and his fingerprints were all over the place. And then he ended up, like I say, he's in and out of prison, in and out of sort of rehab. And then he went, uh, and then he started. Um, he was on Ali McBeal. It was like the uh, the Boston legal of the mid late nineties. It was. Do you remember Ali McBeal? <laughs> I like the way that you think that people would realize would think that they know Boston legal more than they Boston know fucking Ali McBeal. Ali Boston McBeal was Ali McBeal was fucking huge. Yeah, it was also garbage. Come on, yeah, I mean, Peter I Nicole. Say, I, listen, funny. I didn't. I didn't say it wasn't garbage. I'm just saying that Ali McBeal was like the Star Wars of TV for like five years. <laughs> well, one of those years. Oh, I remember. I remember being forced to sit through it by an ex, but. Yeah, Pete and Oh, Nicole. here we here we go. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't have to cut me off. Um, private joke. We'll tell you later. Um, so yeah, Emmy Emmy nominated, Golden Globe won, um, and then he was, uh, he, you know, he reoffended. Um, he got called. There was an anonymous nine one one call to the hotel he was staying at, and he was found in, the, in possession of Valium and cocaine, sacks from Alan McBeal. Um, Again, it was on parole. More remote. So anyway, look, the guys had fucking issues. Um, it was Mel Gibson that tried to turn his life around at first. He was doing a stage <laughs> play. Yeah, good old Mel. <laughs> Mel just tried to get him just to be a racist. Stop yeah. being, a, stop being a drug addict and a racist. Just focus on the racism. Yeah, it's, so, it's done wonders for me. I mean, I've got to admit. So it was uh, Mel Gibson's. Um, theatre production of Hamlet, which he had him lined up for, and then that, that got cancelled. Then Woody Allen tried to cast him, uh, but they couldn't get insurance for his reoffending. Um So you've got Mel Gibson and Woody Allen in your corner, you know, hey. And then step um, forward, step forward Shane Black. Well, not not quite. Step forward Elton John. Okay. So it was in 2001, Elton John released the song I Want Love, which is a great little ballad, a piano ballad song from from Elton and Robert Downey Jr. was uh, lip syncing to the song, and he was right. it was like a did one day. I thought it was this was this train don't stop here anymore. Was that not one he did as well? It that was a song from him, but I don't think I don't know if Robert Downey Jr. was in that. But it was, was definitely it, an I want love. Was it Trouser Snake who did that one? Who what this train Trouser, don't stop? Just, no, that just in Trouser. No, that was Elton John. Both of those songs. Uh, no, 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 no. I know they're Elton John songs, but like I know Elton John went, as you're saying, they went through that stage of getting uh, big celebrities to lip sync his videos. Oh yeah, I don't. I know. think was it. I'm, I'm almost sure it was Robert Downey Jr. Did this train don't stop here anymore? You know, uh, whatever, 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 whatever. <laughs> hey, let's remember we're recording a podcast right now. I'm going <laughs> Listen, Paul, I just sunk a cup of fucking Shiraz. All right, I, my mind is going to drift off. <laughs> Uh, and it was Mel Gibson to the rescue uh, with the film uh, The Singing Detective. Um, that was sort of had a comeback, and he was under uh, bandages and stuff for a lot of it. But and then it was Gothica um, producer Joel Silver uh, brought him in for Gothica with Hal Berry, um, an absolute bomb. But they said they'd withhold forty percent of his salary just in case he uh, he um, re- reoccurred with his addictive behaviour as they described it. So anyway, and then in comes Shane Black and cast him in the role of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. So he's getting a bit of, bit of traction going. It was in um, a few other films. One that was all right, A Guide to Recognising Your Saints, but I've never seen it since because Shia LaBeouf's in it. Um, a Scanner Darkly and, and what have you. And, uh, and he actually, in 2006, he did a voice acting role in Family Guy. Do you know who he was in Family Guy? 
was he himself? No, he was Patrick Putismith, Lois's brother, who was also the fat guy strangler. Oh, but, yeah. So, yeah, so, and then he was in um, David Finch's 2007 um, borderline masterpiece Zodiac, um, which I think is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And that sort of brought him back to attention. It showed that he could be trusted again. Uh, and then he was cast in, in Iron Man. Uh, and it was around the time of casting in Iron Man that he was also getting the parts in Tropic Thunder. Uh, as well, which he was Oscar nominated for. I mean, this is just an absolute genius piece of casting for me. Well, it is. You know, you have to you have to look at it and go, though. You know, did he deserve as many chances as he got? You know, was he given as many chances as he got because he was from a very, very rich family? You know, yeah. Um, I won't take it away from him because he completely turned his life around, which is fantastic for him, fantastic for his family, you know, obviously fantastic for the Marvel franchise because, you know, let's be honest, as I've said in this podcast before, I don't think many kids nowadays would understand that nobody really gave a fuck about Iron Man. You know, it was only it was only when the movie came out that people realized that fucking Iron Man was actually a superhero. Yeah, I well, I watched one of the cartoons uh, a couple of years before that. They did one of you know these feature length origin films with Iron Man and what have you, and, and I, I sort of I was aware. But um, in terms of this film getting made, um, it's back to the old um, the Canon Group who we touched on with. Can you remember? He Man, Masters Universe, of course. He Man and Superman Four as well. The Quest for Peace. Mm-hmm. Um, they also fantastic had the... masterpiece. If it was only twenty-five minutes longer, it would have been a masterpiece, and you know that, Paul. <laughs> and they had um, the rights for Captain America and Spider-Man at the same time, and of course the rights to uh, Iron Man as well at the same time. And they originally wanted Tom Selleck to play the part of Tony Stark. Which in sort of late eighties, I think that'd have been brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was fucking Magnum. He was Magnum. He was Magnum. Um, and they also wanted to reutilize the RoboCop suit to make it <laughs> the Iron Man suit. Jesus Christ! Okay. So that was that was their plan. Um, but then it was sort of it, it was one of these because, like you say, nobody nobody knows about Iron Man. Um, I mean, this is obviously the, coming off the comic book, which was created in sort of nineteen sixties. He got his own title in nineteen sixty eight, um, created by sort of Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, people like that. So you know, it'd been around for about 30, 30 years before talk of a movie got were being made. Um, there was all sorts of talk about. Um, there's going to be Tom Cruise, which I think would have just been awful as Tony Stark. I think yeah. it just would have been more smug than charming. I don't, I don't think Tom Cruise has got a charming bonus. I think he's smug, but I think he just would have been, I'm rich, look at me, kind of thing. But it was only... Do you not feel as well that Robert Downey Jr. only really came into himself and the character Iron Man, you know, became a better character in movies that weren't called Iron Man. Yeah. He was like, the first Iron Man is great. I, I, I love the first Iron Man. Um, we'll obviously talk about the next two, but I believe that the character Iron Man is more fleshed out in Avengers, in Age of Ultron, Infinity War and Endgame. I, they're the kind of Iron Man that I prefer because the Iron Man that was, that's in the Iron Man movies mm. is, is smug as fuck. Uh, two and three. In fact, one, one I can get, I can let go because that's his origin story. Origin, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, you know, two, 
Yeah, I think they tried to cover it up. Anyway, let's get on to that in a minute. But basically, according to John Favreau, when they were trying to get this made, it was an absolute nightmare because Marvel apparently took out a $525 million seven-year deal um, called a non-recourse debt facility. Basically, they took a loan out against their property, the property that they still owned, which was all the Avengers characters and everything, everyone except Fantastic Four and Spider-Man. And they needed this film to succeed because if yeah, not... This, that, this was the out. first... Yeah, this was the first Marvel-produced movie as well. Yeah, funded it themselves, the, Marvel yeah. Studios. They had full creative control. And something that when I was doing my deep dive that I found out was that the script wasn't ready. Nope. And 80% of the dialogue that's in the first Iron Man movie is all ad-libbed. Yeah, and we, this was kind of curious to me because when this is one thing we'll bring up for Iron Man 2 as well. John Favreau wasn't happy with how rushed the screen, the filming and the script was for Iron Man 2, and that convinced him not to come back for the third. But it sounds like those that situation was the same for Iron Man 1. It yeah, and I think I've seen an interview with, with Gwyneth Paltrow as well, and Obviously, there's a few actors in the movie who would thrive on, you know, you look at somebody like Jeff Bridges and you look at somebody like Robert Downey Jr. They are, I know it's going to sound redundant, they're speaking actors. You know, they're people that can think on their feet. They're people that can, you know, now for right or wrong, you know, there's actors out there that need a script, you know, and they work very well with a script and they give everything that that, that script gives them. But Gwyneth Paltrow found it really, really, really hard. Uh, during the movie because she couldn't keep up with Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. And he, 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 like his ad living was just, it was on point and it was so fast and quick and that, and you know, he, he hit every mark and he did everything right, but she just couldn't, you know, keep up with the pace that he was leading that. And I thought that was kind of, that was kind of interesting. I definitely agree that their two's relationship and their bouncing off each other got a lot better in two and three. Two, I yes. think, was really good, and three was a lot better. Um, I can see, yeah, absolutely, where in the first one it was kind of this on edge. You know, it wasn't quite flowing as well. But it, yeah, she looked, she looked worried. She looked every conversation that she had with 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 Robert Downey Jr. in the first one. She looked yeah. worried in everything that she said, and she looked a lot more comfortable in the scenes where you know with Jeff Bridges or whatever, where there's actually yeah. a, a script in front of him. But um, as as an origin film, I. I I'm usually against origin films just because it's been so long wanting to see the the hero in full gear or whatever. And this balanced it really well. This yeah. was a very... Because you're introducing Tony Stark as well. And I think that's what the Batman films, and we're going to keep comparing it to Batman, but sometimes the Batman films, for me, fail to sort of give us too much of Bruce Wayne. It's all the Batman stuff. Uh, and, and, I, th I, th I think Batman's different as well because Batman has had so many incarnations. Batman has had so, like the camp kits Batman, the the dark gothic Batman, the alternative reality Batman. You know, it has so many iterations. So you don't know which Batman that you're getting out of it. Most most of Iron Man is unknown. So Robert Downey Jr. can make Iron Man as he sees who he is, and I think that's that's why the Marvel Universe benefited from Robert Downey Jr. because he has this kind of, <clears throat> he has this kind of way of acting. And you see it in things like, like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. And it's as if he just doesn't give a fuck, mm. you know, but it's funny. And, you know, he is, he is a funny person. He can ad lib and he can give you that sense of, 
I, I know I'm better than you, but you're going to look at him and go, yeah, he is. <laughs> and that's, and that's, that's what he has. That's what he brings to the table. If you compare it to football, if you imagine Messi in that when he's laying on Messi, when he's moving around the pitch, it doesn't look like he's giving a toss. He, he, you know, he's, he's got his gloves on, he's wandering around and he's keeping an eye on and then suddenly he'll just spark in and he'll just show an absolute genius. And this, like you say, with Robert Downey Jr., he, he's so casual with it. It's like he's just turned up on set and gone, all right, let's read it. Let's do it. And it's yeah. like you Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> There's a script, Mr. Downey Jr. I don't need the script. Bye. No. See you later. You know, that's, that's, that's the kind of, that's the kind of I don't essence. Read the script, script me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's the kind of essence that he gives of it. And, you know, even, even like the supporting cast within, within the first Iron Man movie, you know, you have Terrence Howard, who I'm sure we'll speak about in a wee bit. Um, I think we'll come on to him. <laughs> yeah. We have the, you know, the epitomous fucking Jeff Bridges, the, always talented the always ready the always fantastic jeff bridges um and you've got Gwyneth paltrow you know she has you know right or wrong she has some major acting chops she's a fucking oscar winner right or wrongly <laughs> she's an oscar winner um, yeah. you know okay. yeah yeah but you know even even in this in this first movie um i liked her i really liked her uh, and you can see how in later movies now she's become more Downey Jr. esque in her acting approach to the Marvel universe. You know, yeah. you can, she's she seems to be a more of a confident kind of person within it. I know the yeah. <laughs> I know the scene that you're now thinking of that will annoy you forever and ever and ever and ever and ever with her in it. Um, you know, I'm thinking of that scene. I'm struggling to remember. Go on, which one? They, a lot of them annoy me. She just annoys the, me. The all, know. the all, all female empowerment scene. Oh, at yeah, yeah. I, listen, I, I didn't want to bring it up, but you, I you don't. It out me. <laughs> I don't. It's just for the record. I don't have a problem with female <laughs> oh, empowerment. I hate. <laughs> I just, what can I say? I hate. No, it's just women in general. To be honest, I Back hate. To the suffragette says Paul. <laughs> no, it was that scene. It was like we're going to do this moment. Okay. Yeah, I know. And then let's have a bit of wash. You don't even need to explain it. We all she didn't understand. need to be there. Rescue <laughs> we, didn't need to be there. We all understand it, Paul. We all understand it. Let's get she back was... to Iron Man, Paul. Give it up. Yeah. So, Stop bringing it up. The one thing that everybody... <laughs> The one thing that everybody lords over this is that they went for the gritty sort of realistic modern day setting. Um, I think if it had done this in Vietnam, like the comics, this would not have... Uh, this universe wouldn't have got off the ground. I, I can't imagine them. Well, up. yeah. <laughs> well, Tony Stark would have been seventy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if they'd have done the, if they'd done a universe, but if this one had been set in, they obviously had a modern day set in a, in the mind. And to be honest, I think the war in Afghanistan came just at the right time to be able to yeah, yeah. talk about an arms dealer that looks, look, you know, looks at the weapons he's providing and wants to uh, wants to do something good. And and those scenes in the cave, I thought were really. Fantastic. Um, touching yeah yeah, yeah. There were, again it's it's it shows him for his he's not just a money man with lots of people around he is the, he is this genius who can work with anything um and, and i think and you, and you get that call back in iron man 3 as well with the guy in the cave remember when he says um, yeah you know, when he come, burn yeah yeah I, I love little callbacks like that there's there's one i noticed when we watched it when i watched age of ultron it, i'm going to quickly say if you when you look at captain marvel and she's talking to Nick Fury and she says, tell me something about you that none of the schools will know. And he says, I can't eat sandwiches in a triangle. 
And if you look back at Age of Ultron, when they're in the farmhouse, Nick Fury's holding a sandwich as a triangle. And people are like, oh, Nick Fury's been a scroll the whole time. Now, if you watch Age of Ultron again, it rips the sandwich in half and then eats it. And it's, it's two even triangles. Them... It's two triangles. Well, in yeah, the that turns into two triangles, then, doesn't it? <laughs> That's my argument out the window. He's a um, <laughs> but yeah, I think this is as as origin. This is probably one of my favorite origin origin yeah. films, yeah, origin stories. I I remember going to the cinema to see it, and it's like you always remember leaving a film. I I think I mentioned it once before. Me and you went to see Kill Bill, the first Kill, Kill Bill, Bill movie together. And I remember, I remember going to Pippins in Carlisle, sitting down and not saying a word for about five minutes, just not saying anything to each other for five. And it wasn't that as if we were trying to create the moment. No, it was just, just it, was moment. Literally, it was literally just like we were just trying to fucking process what we just seen in our heads. And I was like, yeah. that's, that, and I still, I say it to Rachel, like, that's probably one of the best cinematic experiences that I've ever had. You're going to see Kill Bill with you because yeah. I don't think I'd seen a movie like that in the cinema before. And I think Iron Man gave me that kind of feeling as well because I'd, I'd never been to the cinema to see a superhero movie before. Like nobody really had, you know, superhero movies for naff. You know, nobody wanted to go see a superhero movie. They were Fantastic Four and fucking all that shit. You know, no, nobody wants to go see a superhero movie like, you know, other than Batman, obviously, but that was in the early 90s and I was too young for that or 80s and early 90s, I was too young for that. You know, yeah, but if you think this, this came out around, what was it, about a year after Dark Knight? Yeah. No, it was before Dark Knight, wasn't it? It was before, I know, Dark Knight was 2009, wasn't it? Right, so it was after um, Batman Begins, but it was also coming off the back of Fantastic Four, um, there, there were a few sort of superhero X Men Last Stand was around the same time. You know what? Yeah, yeah. Spider Man yeah, Three. Right, right, right. So there was a lot of shit out there. <laughs> There's a lot of shit. <laughs> so come on, then let's let's get on to Terence. Let's talk about Terence because there's yeah. there's different yeah, there's, stories about this. There are a few stories. I think the the one story that rings true is that he he was difficult, and one thing that I found out obviously is he made more money than Robert Downey Jr. in the first movie. Yeah. Um, so basically, and rightly so, Robert Downey Jr. was like, mm, nah, that, that's not happening. So I need to be the person who's making more money than anybody else because well, this movie this movie's just dropped a fucking ton, from, half ton, billion. Like, so from, uh, what I've, from what I've read on it, apparently Terrence Howard was difficult on set. Um, apparently... A l- John Favreau had issues with regards to having to do reshoots of his scenes, um, having to do retakes. He wasn't happy with his performance. So there's something there. One other thing I read is that they always wanted Don Cheadle for it, but he wasn't available at the time or they couldn't afford him. I'm not quite sure. Close, close personal friend. Close of the personal friend of the podcast, Don Cheadle, because he once liked one of your tweets. And... No, he talked to me. I talked to John Don Cheadle. Oh, you talked to John Don. John, it was about, it was John, about, John Cheadle. John Cheadle, yeah. It was about the the general. The general was on TV one night. This is if anybody wants to go into why it's called the fucking <laughs> the Don Cheadle uh, celebrity yeah. recorder. Yeah, in this podcast, it is simply because I put up one night and I added Don Cheadle and said, "Hey, Don, the general is on uh, over here in Ireland. What a fucking show! What a fucking performance!" And he tweeted me back saying. I fucking loved making that movie. 
and it brought me near to tears that Don Cheadle read one of my podcasts, one of my tweets. So yeah, that that's the reason. There's Don. So yeah, Terence Howard. It was on set. Um, like I said, apparently there were there were issues with regards to that. It was the more bankable star at the time, so he was paid accordingly. But what we found out since then is that all the big stars of these Marvel films were signing seven, ten picture deals, you know, seven, eight, nine picture deals. So Downey Jr. was signed up to something like five to start with or something. And even Chris Evans, I think um, all of them, they got paid literally like a hundred grand to do their origin film. And then if it took off, the pay had been increased massively. And if it didn't, they can brush it under and say it's a, you know, bad idea, see you later. So then they come back to do the sequel. Obviously now, Robert Downey Jr. is hot as shit. He's, he obviously wants his bump up. And they said they were going to reduce down Terrence Howard's part and reduce down his money. Terrence Howard was saying, I'm getting my money taken off me because it's being given to Downey Jr. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's how sidekicks and heroes yeah. work. Sidekick, yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately <laughs> Batman gets paid more than Robin, you know, unfortunately for some, like, but um, I, mean, I think, I think the one thing, the one thing that I read, and obviously it's going for a wee bit further forward, is the amount of money that Downey Jr. has made out of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Robert Downey, Robert Downey Jr. was paid $50 million to be in Iron Man 3. He was paid $50 million to be in the first Avengers movie. He was paid $40 million for Age of Ultron. And he was paid $75 million for Endgame and $75 million for Infinity War. See, a lot of that is them taking a cut of takings but it's still that's insane that's that like it goes back to it goes back to that whole um was it jack nicholson who signed that deal with batman yeah, yeah. Where, yeah. where he got paid i think it was 25 percent of the of gross taking. for yeah. for for batman returns and he wasn't even in batman returns in yeah <laughs> fuck me but this is robert downer jr who's saying i mean even when it came to homecoming he, he wanted a big you know his contract was up at that point so he was one of these that, you know, he'd starred in his three and Iron Man films. He'd done two Avengers. This is him ready to, you know, I'm, and that's why, we, again, we'll come on to this, but at the end of Age of Ultron, at the end of Iron Man 3, it's always kind of writing him out. It's kind of just leaving him, you know, hanging, sort of almost saying my story's done just in case he doesn't want to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, Captain America's Civil War, he was paid a proportion of the increase between Winter Soldier and Civil War, because he's basically saying a Captain America film will do, you know, your Winter Soldier money, 750 million. But if Civil War goes and does 1.2 billion, then that increases because Robert Downey Jr. is in the film and he wanted a cut of it. Uh, Yeah. So, but anyway, apparently Terrence Howard was uh, quite unhappy with this. And then they wrote him out of Iron Man 2 and brought in Don Cheadle. Um, Now, the one thing from the Don Cheadle role in Iron Man 2, and we'll go into Iron Man 2 now, is the first thing he says is, he walks in and he goes, oh, Brody, what are you doing here? He goes, I'm here, it's me, deal with it. And I just love that. They just go, it's me, it's Don Cheadle, let's go, I'm here, let's move on. Iron Man 2, I I warmed to this, I really did. I used to hold it in, yeah. a, in quite low regard, and watching it back, I'm... St- <laughs> 
I, it's not a badly made film. People say, oh, it keeps setting up too much for the following films. Well, I can show you 10 Marvel films that do that. Well, this I think I think people, this is the next, chronologically, this is the next movie after Iron Man. This is currently Iron Man 2 happens straight after Iron Man. And I think when you're looking back at it, 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 it introduces a lot of interesting characters as well, because, you know, I think uh, Sam Rockwell as, as Hammer is fantastic, you know, yeah. and to think that Sam Rockwell was one of the first people that they thought of for being Tony Stark as well. Yeah, I think um, that works you know, as well. Yeah, I mean, you're reading like the amount of names that have been attached to, you know, people like Black Widow or Pepper Potts or, you know, Tony Stark and things that got there. Um, I think most of them actually have turned up in the Marvel universe in some in some way or another. Like, um, but one I love I love that scene in the courtroom um, because yeah. obviously Gary Shandlin is in it as well. R.I.P. Um, yeah. One of my absolute favorite people that has ever graced God's green earth, Gary Shandlin. Um, and then obviously later on in the Marvel universe, we find out that he is um, uh, he works I- for. Hydra so yep. I mean when you know now and you look back now is to go why he's trying to get Iron Man's technology you know he's trying to do it for Hydra he's not trying to do it for you know the American yep. government but Iron Man 2 let's get it out of the way let's get the fucking elephant out of the room let's fucking do it Mickey Rourke's fingernails what the fuck is going on with those fingernails it is like he has Pringles at the end of his fingers. I, I don't understand how a man's fingernails can look like that. Apparently he was, um, he went and sort of spoke with uh, Russian prisoners and learned sort of mannerisms. And what, they all have fucking huge fingernails? <laughs> Apparently. What he, what, oh, it, like every time, like uh, that's the one thing, the one thing that could have potentially spoiled this movie for me was any time that I seen Rob, or Mickey Rourke's fucking fingernails. And it was like, oh God, oh, don't touch me. Like, I will be going to bed tonight thinking of Mickey Rourke's fingernails. And you know what? Again, Mickey Rourke was in the middle of this career rejuvenation as well. I think they were trying to strike gold twice because mm-hmm. he'd just come back with sort of Sin City and The Wrestler and films like this, and, and he was brought in. And again, he was a big name, and he was probably a risk at the time. And he, Mickey, he, Rourke, Mickey Rourke is fine. Perfectly acceptable in this movie. Yeah, Yeah. he's perfectly acceptable. I mean, yes, there are a few things that I just don't understand what happened in this movie. You know, the fact that he was driven into a wall by a car. Yeah, that it was about eight times. Eight times it was rammed. And and everything I read was saying his armour. It's not an armour, it's like a harness. He had nothing on his bottom. He should have had a shattered pelvis. Yeah, now, the one thing that I thought, you know, I tried, I watched that scene maybe about three or four times because I thought to myself, right, and I need to know if if this thing that he's attached to himself has improved his, his you know, uh, his mm. armor, his, you know, his Skyrim armor. You know, yeah. I need to know, I need to know what, now, one thing that I did notice was that when he put the thing on, when he was testing out the whips, it, the things went into his spine. Did you see that? And I noticed something like that. I didn't know. So I'm I'm thinking, yeah. So I'm thinking maybe to try and get my head around the fact that he's been basically crushed against a wall by a car and he's grand is mm. maybe that something 
you know, nanotechnology and his fucking bones or nanotechnology or some kind of uh, foam through his veins or <laughs> that made well, his I, legs jelly. I don't, I don't know. It's just, I, I, I'm trying, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to not pick this movie apart because as you said, I, I actually enjoyed watching it. A second. Like this is the first time I've yeah. watched Iron Man 2 in a lot of years. And I actually yeah. enjoyed watching it. I think the performances in Iron Man 2, um, might even be better than Iron Man One. I think Downey Jr. was better in Iron Man Two. I think the relationship, Paltrow, between, yeah, yeah, the relationship between Pepper and, and Tony was better. In, introducing Black Widow, um, who ages incredibly between Iron Man Two and Avengers. You know, she's she's very youthful in Iron Man Two. She's very, you know, she's sort yeah. of. But I think I think that's the whole. That's the whole. Um, Black Widow kind of scenario as well. She, you know, she knew what she, yeah, knew what she can, would be looking for. Exactly. <laughs> she she can morph. She can morph not just her personality, but she can actually maybe change an appearance or yeah, her voice okay. as well. Because in the comic books, you know, she's Russian, but she yeah. can change. She can change even her voice to the situation. And I think that's kind of what it, that kind of meant as well. You know, her her look, her person, her personality changed. You know, she's that good of a double agent. She's that good of a, a splinter cell agent who can get in, you know, to a certain situation where she can change everything. Now, apparently, the one thing that his film's derided for is, I mean, for me, the birthday party scene where he's in the Iron Man suit and pissing yeah. himself and the fight with, yeah. I think the fight with Rhodey could have been a lot better. Uh, it's like they were trying to commit to the demon in the bottle storyline where Tony goes through sort of alcoholism and depression and yeah. they're trying to sort of do that in a lighthearted way. And I just think that that did fall flat. But one of the things that Favreau had um difficulty with marvel was because marvel kept wanting to put in stuff the subplot with shield uh, to set up thor to set up um avengers assemble or the avengers whichever country you're in uh, and it was that kind of them constantly interfering with messing up the story and and for me it was the stuff with shield in this it was it was a way for him to find this new element it was a way for yeah. him to solve his blood toxicity i don't think it did too much unless they were trying to put more in into it, unless they were trying to sort of overload it with stuff about S.H.I.E.L.D. But personally, I think you need that stuff. If you're trying to build yeah. a universe in your second film, I think, I think, yeah, I think the stuff introducing Howard Stark, you know, the, the, the expo and, you know, the table of Howard, you know, putting that stuff on the table, you know, yeah. I think, I think that kind of gave, that gave Iron Man, Tony Stark, a bit more of, a humanistic character because you know the scene where he's his father's filming you know talking about the expo and then tony young tony pops up behind and you know he kind of tells him off and blah 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 blah. and then when he's sitting in the room watching the the, the film reel of his father and his father has a message you know talking to him directly yeah. because he knew you know tony would do something great and i think that's that was kind of great and i think there's a lot of good heart and there's a lot of great performances in Iron Man too. And, yeah. you know, I think I, I, maybe people deride it a little too much. It, it's perfectly, again, there's probably about 17 movies better than it in the, in the MCU, but it's not but a bad it's not, movie. It's, bad. it's not bad. No. I, I, I'll be honest. There are very, I'm thinking of probably one bad MCU movie. Apart from that, there's no bad films. I think Thor is Thor Dark World is borderline a bad movie. Because mm -hmm. just the way it handles the characters and what have you. But everything else is like, for me, it's like there'd be a tight 
tie between sort of 10 and 22 you know they're all yeah. as good as each other you know um but i think you're i think you're right i think you're right the the, the, the most disappointing thing about iron man the, the party sequence the fight between uh, war machine and, and iron man yeah. and the last the end fight sequences i think that i didn't really enjoy that and i i thought the whole um, hammer tech and things like that. I enjoyed that part, but I didn't enjoy the end sequences of it. Um, so I think how it suffered was the main set pieces were yeah. not not great. And so and then if the main set pieces aren't so great, everything in between will then be looked at and put under the microscope a lot more. The racetrack, the racetrack attack was fantastic. Yeah, great. And build great. up to it, even though we had a, a nice Elon Musk uh, well, do you know what? Something to find out as well is that uh, Hammer's Hammer Industries, the, where uh, Mickey Rourke went to build the machines, yeah, that, that that's actually a SpaceX factory, oh, and Elon and Elon Musk allowed them to to film uh, at nighttime. Uh, and I, and I wonder what. Work. And I wonder what uh, Elon Musk has for in return. Can I start Iron, Iron Iron Man's technology? It probably no, just a cameo in the movie. Yeah, I, gonna... I picture I picture Elon Musk as one of those guys going, Yeah, you can do it as long as I, I can be on set when you're filming. And then when they're talking about, you know, discovering the new element, he would kind of look at Robert Downey Jr. going, That's that's not how I would do it. I'm yeah. trying to do like a South African American hybrid voice there, like that's not how <laughs> I would do you're it. Not, like a drunk Dutchman. <laughs> hey Grimes, boys. Grime. Let's go. Let's go look at the money I made from PayPal. Yeah, and let's send you, a rocket to the moon. Yeah. And I don't know why I'm saying like a Dutchman. Hey, I want to talk to you about the football. <laughs> 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 Can I talk to you about the football? No, did you know did you see his tweet recently? I hate when fuckers are like so rich that they should have nothing to worry about. And then the tweet, stu- tweet stuff out like, I know what you mean. It's people, hey guys, it's maybe people. we should all just uh, learn to appreciate what we have. Well, when you've got enough money to buy a fucking planet. Yeah. yeah. Here, here. But money, money won't make you happy. <laughs> yeah. It, it's funny it, when it, rich people ever say that, isn't it? Money yeah. won't make you happy. I fuck off. <laughs> but yeah, look, Iron Man 2, I think it's it very much um, needs a, a revisit. Because I think there there is some good stuff in there, but... So I am on three. Now I've made my. You've made your peace. <laughs> I've made my. Uh, <laughs> I've made my peace with the devil. I've made my feelings about I am on three perfectly clear. But you talk. You talk to me. You tell me about Shane Black's travesty. Um, when I started, I started watching Iron Man three. I wanted. I wanted it to be like Iron Man two, where I w- was given a false memory to a movie that I thought was terrible. Now, I'm not going to say it's a terrible movie. Uh, What I will say is that it's a movie that stinks of changing ideas mid-movie, which I believe happened multiple times. Even even with, uh, with Marvel, the original budget for this movie was $140 million. And when... Iron, I think it was when Avengers crossed over the billion mark that Marvel at that stage knew, right, yeah. we have hits on our hands and Iron Man's a yeah. big part of this. So they gave them like 60 million extra for the movie. 
Like, can you imagine that? Can you imagine being a, a, a director in a movie? You've already started shooting and then the production, the producers turn up to you and go, you've got an extra 60 million here. Do what you want. Fucking do what you want with it. With it. You know, it's, yeah. this is going to be, this is going to be a hit either, either way. doesn't matter if we throw fucking 200 million or fucking 150 million. This is going to be a hit. And well, it took it took it took billions. You know, it took over a billion. Yeah, so you know, like, it was the look, first but, solo but, film for it to do, for it to do that. But you look at a person and a personality like Shane Black. Shane Black, who obviously had the hits with with fucking you know Lethal Weapon and you know things like Last Boy Scout. Uh, you know, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang was kind of a hit. And he's one of these people that every once in a while sneaks out with a with a hit. You know, nice guys. You know, nobody fucking you know yeah. you know every once in a while he'll sneak up with this hit. But then there's the odd time where he comes out with an absolute shambles. Like the Predator. And, like Predator and, and Iron Man 3, because yeah. it, it was just, it, it was well, a let's shambles. Start, let's start from the beginning, because the one thing that I've always had against this film is, uh, and you know what, it'll be, I'll, I'll use the same argument for Rise of Skywalker. I appreciate mm. what they're doing. Technically, it's a very well-made film. You know, from a technical viewpoint, yes, it's very good. But the content has just been mishandled. Now, Shane Black apparently explained, and we're going to start off with the concept of the man, the Mandarin. Um, it was being a front for Aldred Killian. Now, mm. he said, uh, I wanted to do an interesting story choice, something that was about our own fear and our way, our excuse me, and our own ways of viewing villains. What if he's the sort of all things to all people, uber terrorist? What if he is this myth? And in the end, that is what we're dealing with. A created myth, perpetuated and cobbled together from popular consciousness. Feige admitted it was a huge risk, but it's sometimes important to break with tradition, even at the risk of alienating some purists. Shane had really great ideas about identity and anonymity and false faces. I think that's bollocks. I think that's absolute bullshit. I think he had an idea of something that would be great banter. I think yeah. it'd be great fun. Wouldn't this be hilarious? And the reason why, and I'm, I'm, I never read the comics, so I'm not one of these purists. And I don't think it should have been some Fu Manchu fucking mustache wearing Chinese guy, typical stereotype. I don't want that at all. We got in the trailer Ben Kingsley being fucking vicious. It was this evil, scary face of this organization. It was this terrorist. And yes, I like the idea of him being the face for some greater power in the background. But the execution of that. Yeah. Uh, turning him into a, a comic British drunk drug addict, I think was just insulting. Not in a British kind of way. I mean, no, from a yeah, no, no, I get that, I get that. To but... say oh, I'm trying to talk about identity and anonymity, fuck off! No, you're not. You you thought it'd be a great gag. The and the, I'm gonna sorry. I'm, I, I know you want to say something. This is something you always say to me about Ragnarok. Everything's a punchline. Yeah. This film, everything's a punchline. Well, I think I think one one of the things that annoyed me about it, and it's aesthetic things for me. You know, I'll. Of, of we'll talk about the mandarin first right yeah so the mandarin i think isn't a bad idea i don't think it's the worst idea in the world you know getting somebody to be the figurehead of something you know when there's somebody you know being the, the puppet master behind them 
But to choose somebody who is already an actor and, <laughs> and, and already has, you know, obviously he has, you know, a, a presence in the world of acting yeah. at some stage. H- how do you hide that? Imagine, imagine the Mandarin coming on telly, taking over all the world screens. This is in 2010. No, 2013. 2013, yeah. So this is the age of Twitter. Twitter, this is... Twitter, Twitter and Facebook were fucking huge at this point. So you know, Conspiracy you know... theories and QAnon and fucking... It, it was taken off, it was all in. So you're telling me nobody looked at this screen and just went, that looks like that prick that I saw in The Importance of Being Earnest down the broad, broad, yeah. Broadway last or, week. <laughs> or, do you know what? Why didn't Iron, Iron Man, you know, his facial recognition pick up Mm. <laughs> on on the fact that you know he wasn't you know these are the kind of things that I'd like again and I know I'm nitpicking but there's big big plot points that are focused mm. on these tiny tiny wee details and it's like yeah. right it's okay so that's one of them so why wasn't he noticed another one which annoyed me was whenever Tony went to um is it Tennessee yep there he goes yeah he goes to Tennessee and he goes into, he obviously meets the kid who I actually didn't annoy me at all. I thought them scenes, that was probably I, some I of the best, twice. yeah, some yeah. of the best scenes in the movie were between him and that kid. 100%. Um, the, and know, it's that banter again. Yeah. But and I, the but difference I, and, and was think, that this kid could hold his own against Tony Stark. Yeah. And, and do you know what? Even the, the, the panic attack stuff that, that, that Tony Stark was having, I actually believed it as well because, yeah. you know, this, this chronologically again was the next movie after you know, Avengers, uh, Avengers Assemble. So, you know, how he's not, he's not a military guy, so he's not trained, he's not anything. So, yeah, yeah he's going to have shell shock. He's, yep. just flo- he's just flown a fucking nuclear weapon through a, a wormhole in space and fallen, you know, through back through the wormhole, but whatever, we, we digress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he gets to the town and we obviously find out that, well, we already know that the bombs are, you know, people. Um and he's trying to figure this out. So we go to the bar to meet the mother and he sits down with the mother and the mother, you know, obviously thinks that he's, or sorry, before he actually goes into the bar, he meets the other, the, the bad guy yep. who's coming out of the bar. And then he goes in to the bar and sits down with the mother and she's and there she to meet, and she's there to meet the girl, but she's already walked out of the bar. So why does she walk back into the bar? And it's like, I, I, it's tiny, tiny, tiny wee things like that that annoyed me. And it's like, you only pick up on it. And it's another one. Whenever at the Chinese man theater where the guy detonates himself, how, how is happy there first? Before the before he turns up for the meeting. Before the other guy turns up, how is happy there? He was following the other guy, wasn't he? Yeah, but he's there first. Yeah. <laughs> how, yeah. How, yeah. Like, you know, and it's it's simple, it's stupid, you know, and yes, I'm nitpicking, but we things like that, you know, the guy could have just walked in first and then we seen Happy kind of sneaking behind and going to, to play with the sunglasses. But the guy turns up there and Happy's already there putting sunglasses on. And I'm yeah. like, ah, Jesus Christ, come on. Like, just... let, let's try, let's try. Yeah, I get that you're trying to make this, you know, an Iron Man movie. And you want the set pieces, but it's the tiny things in between yeah. the fucking set pieces and the fucking, you know, the blowings up. You know, again, when Tony, Stark, when Tony Stark has the battle with the girl and he turns the gas on and fucking explodes and he opens up the, 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 the thing and, you know, it, it blows 
his legs are exposed. Yeah. And it's only his head that's covered. And you're like, oh, maybe I'm See, nitpicking. Maybe for I'm me, nitpicking. right, the, the, the thing, there's, there's two, one good thing about this that I still want to cover and two nitpicking still. The thing that always annoyed me about this is I paid to go see Iron Man 3. I didn't go pay to go see the Tony Stark movie. Yeah. And I felt that all the way through this, and I started nitpicking. So you've seen times when he doesn't have his armor or he's using a piece of armor that is garbage. Now, yes, he's got his PTSD and he's going through troubles at the minute. So maybe he didn't design one bit of armor, you know, Mark 42, the latest bit that kept falter, you know, kept failing and breaking and falling to pieces, then yeah, maybe that's an excuse for him not creating a a decent bit of kit there. He had 41 other armors there that he could have worn at any one time, and he didn't. Little bits like that. The things like um, when the gloves, when he's wearing a glove, or Pepper puts it on or something, and uh, and you press, or Jarvis operated at one point when he's underwater and the glove shot off on its own with its own little boosters. Yeah, yeah. Where, I thought this arc reactor powered it all. It had that, the arc reactor in Tony was what was powering all this. So how do individual bits of the armor fly around and fire blasters when they're not connected to a power source? And, and I know it sounds daft, but it's little things like that that you told in the previous movies. This arc reactor is the whole power for the suit. That's why nobody else can get the suits working because they didn't come up with this idea. But then suddenly all bits of the suit are flying around on their own without any power to add it anyway. Um, what was the other one? Oh, yeah, one that we'll cover. We went last. We went over this last week. She, the, the, she's all that at him. Uh, the, she's all that at him, yeah. Aldred Killian. He had a... He had a a cane, so I think he had like cerebral palsy or something at one yeah, point. Do you know what? Yeah, that's that's what I thought as well. Like, there was and... the guy was hunched over with this cane, it wasn't, and he was it was obviously walking with a pronounced limp. And then Tony Stark obviously shows what a dick he was back then, sent him up to the roof on his own, and that turned Killian into a, a major villain. And it's just another example Edward Nigma from Batman Forever, Electro Jamie Fox, Michelle Pfeiffer from. Batman and Returns, you just take an ugly person with a disability and give them a bit of money and they come in absolutely gorgeous and turn with the Paltrow's head. It just fucking, it really annoyed me. <laughs> well, I think it was more to do with the <laughs> the drug or whatever that he put inside his body. <laughs> Why he healed no, himself. No, was it? Yeah, that healed him. That healed the part. That's what he was, that's what he was trying to explain whenever he put the fucking... The, the brain thing up in the office with Pepper, you know, that nah, there were spaces, there were spaces missing and then he, he, he matched them up and then he became good. But you know, th- them scenes, them scenes were particularly weird for me because Pepper was infatuated with this guy. You know, she, she, she was basically like, if he would have whipped this deck out, she would have jumped on it at that, oh, you yeah, know, she, at that scene of the movie. Yeah, and there was she'd that have gone weird, on, she'd have ridden raw dog. Yeah. There was that, there was that real weird scene as he's leaving where he goes to kiss her on the cheek and she kind of turns her head really quickly yeah. to try and catch a kiss on the lips. And it's like, that's, I don't know. that's real. Like, why? Like, you're not, I don't understand how all of a sudden that within, within five minutes of meeting this person that Pepper can not fall fat and, you know, in love with the person, but it turns her head enough that 
oh, oh, you know, she's she's going home. She's going home and she's going to be sitting in the bathroom for an awful long time, you know, after that kiss. Let's be honest. See, after your female empowerment comment early, I'm going to look awful for this as well. But again, why did she need to be given this extremist? Why is it all of a sudden Tony can work, can figure it all out? Sort of all these soldiers that were given extremists, instead of saying to them, I can fix you, he killed them all, which, okay, fine, it's an extra movie. Was that a core play joke? No. I will try. We're making, we're, we're, see, this is modern. Well, they're broken up now, like, but they're Chris broken. They're, and Gwen, and Gwen a, and a, they call it an uncoupling. But, synchronicity. Synchronicity. That's what we're calling this. But I just, I, and again, Shane Black were explaining how, you know, they didn't want Gwyneth Paltrow to be the damsel in distress or Pepper Potts to be the damsel. They wanted her to, you know, be the one to save Tony. And I'm just there thinking, but that's not what my superhero films are. I don't want to see the Pepper Potts film. Why, why is she giving... I don't giving... want no messages <laughs> in, my superhero, in my superhero movies. I just but... want Iron Man to blow shit up. Yes. Yes, I mean the the thing again. The another one that really annoyed me the the saving people from Air Force One. Yeah, and there's that scene where he's on, he's fighting with um, James Badgedale. He's fighting. He, he does the the firing out the arc reactor, the big pulsar beam that comes out of his chest. One time on the thing kills him on the Air Force One. People are falling off. There's like 18 people falling through the sky, and he's skydiving down and he grabs them all and electrocutes them so they all clench up and grab each other and it's a big big action movie scene and then he flies off and the the again everything's a punchline the suit gets hit by a car and he's flying a drone and this is tony stark drone pilot i don't want to see him flying a drone around catching people i want to see a hero saving people where's the risk where's the risk involved well, think, the hero if you're just going to fly a drone I got thinking, I got thinking this, right? And it was after I watched Iron Man 3 and I was trying to figure out what each Iron Man movie brought us, right? So Iron Man 1 is obviously the origin story. So Iron Man 1 has brought us the suit, has brought us, you know, Tony Stark, this new technology, you know, he's a genius, you know, he can create all these things. Iron Man 2 has given us, um, you know, the consequences of not being uh, a superhero who people don't know about. So anonymity, you know, if yeah. you don't have anonymity as a superhero, you know, the consequences of that is people can get hurt. So Iron Man 3, what did Iron Man 3 do for the Marvel Universe? What did it introduce us to and what what was it for? Well, it didn't because the, the way it was ended, I mean, I'm just going to go quickly go back to Rebecca Hall who was playing Maya. Maya Hansen in this. She was originally set up as the villain. Okay. And they figured that she wouldn't, a female villain wouldn't sell enough toys. And that's how, and then her death scene was actually cut short. It was supposed to be a much more sort of heroic death for a, a redemption. And it just ties in back into what this film has actually brought us. You know, it, it's, it's a jumbling up of ideas. It's again, Marvel getting involved. This film, what you say, what has it brought us? I think it was supposed to bring us the end of Tony Stark's story. The ending, the blowing all the suits up. But then he says, I am Iron Man. And I'm like, I'm going to see you in Age of Ultron with the suit back. Yeah. And it's just been totally ignored. 
and it's it's that storytelling that annoyed me, which is the same as the, the new Star Wars trilogy, because you take Shane Black wanted to finish Tony Stark's story. His house has been blown up. All his suits are gone. He's got one robot. He's back to the beginning. He's back as Tony Stark. But he goes, I'm Iron Man. I, I'm Iron Man in myself. I don't need a suit for that. I am Iron Man. Okay, that's great. Two years later, Age of Ultron, there's Iron Man flying around in his suit. Where with, he got his suit? With all, with all the, the cloak around the world. You know, yeah. the fucking, the hundred million fucking Iron Man. Yeah. Droid, yeah. uh, drone, Ultron, Ultron. Le- Iron Legion, <laughs> And it just it just totally ignored everything. And it's like they went to Shane Black and went, there's $200 million, make the film you want to make. So he's kind of like, right, I'm going to write the end of Tony's trilogy. But what they forgot was there was another <laughs> 12 yeah. years of movie making to go yet. And it, it, just, it, it, just, it just stinks. It just stinks of we're going to give somebody else the reins to this movie. And you know, the one person who I feel sorry for throughout the entire Iron Man 3 is fucking John Favreau. Yeah. You know, he says, obviously, you know, not directing it. He could, you know, concentrate more on Happy Hogan and stuff like that there. Like, but fuck me. If I was to be, if I was to be there sitting watching, you know, the dailies and sitting watching, you know, yeah. a final edit and something that, that really, really starkly had everything in contrast was that Shane Black's original movie was three hours, 15 minutes long. So there was, yeah. So you know where I'm going with this? So there, it was cut down to two hours ten. So there is another at least hour and five minutes of this movie. Release the so, Shane Black cut. Well, that's just where it's going, and you know that's what's going to happen. There's going to like in a few years, in a few years' time, we will get we we will get oh you know fucking who who directed Dark World? I'm sure we'll get his fucking. Oh cut. no, I don't think yeah. he's never been. He's never touched another Marvel film. Alan Taylor. They're not letting him near the fucking studio again. But that's where we're going. That's where we're going with this stuff. You know, if Shane Black has another hour and five that he can actually put into this movie to to improve whatever it is, you know, we're looking at Snyder now. You know, look what the whatever is going on in in that universe. You know, who knows what's going on in that universe? You know, it's it's all a fucking crapshoot. Well, two of the best things for me from Iron Man three. Uh, one was getting to revisit Eiffel 65 Blue. But I'm afraid the yeah. opening <laughs> song in the cinema, just hearing cinema quality song, and just when you first watch it, and like, and you're like, oh, <laughs> this is taking me back to my youth. And then everything just went downhill. Uh, the other one was the um, Trevor, good old Trevor Slattery was watching a football game where he was singing Ole, 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 which for our American listeners, none of us sing Ole, Ole, Ole when we're no, watching football. Well, Not a single yeah, uh, fuck we, off. We do, no we do in Ireland. Oh, uh, uh, we do. The Ireland you do in Ireland. Ireland. We yeah, do. We sing Ole, 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 Yeah, we do. That's yeah. fine. Uh, do you know which game he was watching? I can't remember. No. It was Liverpool versus Chelsea. Okay. Uh, Trevor which was one? celebrating. Well, which Chelsea? Was it the ghost goal? Was it the Garcia, Luis Garcia one? Fucking cunt. No. It no, was it was a goal scored by uh, Daniel Agger, making it 3-0 to Liverpool. Um, it's been suggested that the character is a Liverpool fan because he cheers the goal, so you can hate him even more now. Um, now, this film actually took place at Christmas, but that game actually took place on May 8th, 2012. 
You're really nitpicking now, Eli. So, no, I've taken this from IMDb. So, basically, Trevor was having a threesome, a drugged-up, drunken threesome, while watching a video... (laughs) No, he was watching a video recording (laughs) of when Liverpool beat Chelsea. And I must admit, if you're a football fan and you've just beaten your rivals 3-0, you might put that on if you've got the opportunity to have a three-way, and not you? (laughs) Stick that time we won 3-0 on the telly as well. Let's really enjoy it. But I will say this one thing as well. This last, the last thing that I'll say about Iron Man three is money wise. Do you know how much this movie made? Was it one point two billion? One point two. Iron Man three is the sixth most successful movie in the MCU. Robert Downey Jr. RDJ, and that was coming well, off the back of Avengers Assemble. Well, yeah, you will. And now you look back at Iron Man 1 is one of the least successful movies. Iron Man 2 is slightly more successful than it. Um, do you know what, what the least successful one movie is? Least, uh, I want to say um, Incredible Hulk. You're right. You know what the second? Guardians of the Galaxy. No. Ant-Man. No. Go on. First Avenger. <laughs> it deserves so much more. <laughs> 350 million that made. Is that it? Yeah. Oh, I was surprised. I was I was actually surprised at that. I was very, very surprised at that. I was surprised at how much Iron Man 3 made. Completely surprised. Off off the back of a so so sequel, you know, that made six hundred million. But then nah, again, for me, as, this, as you as you say, it was coming off the back of. of I would see assemble. this off the back of Avengers Assemble. This was, and it, again, it was that we keep going back into it. But that was one of the questions I'm sat there. Thorn Nick Fury, Thorn yeah. Thor. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Do you know what? Yes, yes. This is something that I wanted to bring up as well. You know, Tony Tony Stark has died. Mm. And Iron Man three, the world believes that Tony Stark is dead, and yeah. not one of the Avengers turns up to avenge him. <laughs> No, Avenger, yeah. yeah, it's like he gives his like, address out. That's your fucking name. You're the Avengers. Tony Tony Stark is walking around his house. A stranger comes and knocks at the front door, and he's like, "Oh, we're on alert because I've just given my address to a terrorist." And you're like, "Okay, so why are there all your forty two suits flying around your house right now, yeah. doing reconnaissance? Why don't you, Mister Iron Man?" have a long-range radar where you can see three attack helicopters coming in. It's just, it, there's moments where he's supposed to be a genius, and there's moments where he, he is absolutely stupid. Welcome to Pineapple Pizza Podcast, where we serve up delicious slices of mythology, cryptozoology, and urban legends. Ashley is the Mythbuster. Tiresias is finally just like, it was you, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Emily is the cryptid hunter. And it's this guy that's bending over and farting into the face of this absolutely <laughs> horrified Kappa. The Kappa's like, no! <laughs> and Lindsay is the storyteller. <laughs> Am I pretty? I think I'm a snack. <laughs> She'd be like, what's a snack? Do you have candy? Pineapple Pizza Podcast. Stop on by for a slice, a story, and a laugh.
Right, so that's Iron Man trilogy in the books done. Uh, like I say, we're going to do Captain America in a few weeks. We're going to do Thor, probably close to when Love and Thunder comes out. Natalie Portman been given a big check to come back, so she's going to enjoy doing that one. Um, right, so we mentioned earlier, we've mentioned uh, good old Mel Gibson, who was uh, staying at, not Her Majesty's Pleasure, but stay, basically in uh, in the nick. Uh, in the pen for a while uh rdj was in and out of prison i found a website um uh it's given me a list of celebrities <laughs> and how to, you, long... need, you need to fucking get a hobby during this lockdown <laughs> i'm going back to work tomorrow i'm uh, they're locking me back in work um so i'm going to give you a name of a, a celebrity mm-hmm. and i want you to tell me how how long they served in prison right okay Bonus point if you can tell me what it was for. So, uh, Paul McCartney. Oh, got to be drug possession. Half a pound of marijuana, taking it into Japan. Uh, I will go for McCartney. What year? Uh, 80. 80. McCartney was huge. Two weeks. Nine days. Paris Hilton. Paris Hilton. Does being a tramp, does it count? <laughs> can you get arrested for being a tramp? Uh, yeah, you can actually, but this wasn't, it was, um, she well, was... Don't, don't tell me, 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 don't tell me. Okay. Drink driving. Yeah, driving under the influence. Yeah! Uh, she violated a probation. Um, oh, sorry, excuse me. She That's what she got done originally for. Um, she A couple of arrests for drugs possession and things. How long did she get? Oh, she's a Hilton. She's white. Blonde hair, America. I would say two nights, forty-five days. But she probably forty-five only, days, really? Yeah, but she probably only did about four days of that. Um, that was two thousand six. Martha Stewart, good old Martha. Oh, Martha was away for a while. Martha was away for a while. Um, insider trading. It so basically, was... she inflating stocks and stuff like that. There, she was insider trading. Yeah, um, obstruction, obstruction justice, securities fraud, and a few lesser crimes. She got, do you know how long she got? I think she went away for a year and a half. She got five months. I thought she was away for a while. I thought she was away for longer than that. And she had a month under house arrest. Wesley, blade. Types, tax evasion. Tax evasion. (laughs) Do you remember that? What was that joke from Community where he says, uh, I'm listening to... What is it? I'm listening to Barack Obama's autobiography and somebody went, no, that's Wesley Snipes. And uh, Chevy Chase goes, whoever he is, he sure hates the government. (laughs) 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 How long did did Wesley get? Uh, I'm going to go with 10 months. This is a black gentleman. Don't forget. Oh, sorry. 17 years. Three years. (laughs) (laughs) Did he serve three years, though? Yeah. Three years. Really? Yeah. Um, for what? For what? For fucking keeping the money from Uncle Sam? Fuck December, you, it was. Um, it started his prison sentence in twenty December twenty ten. It was released April twenty thirteen. Uh, Lindsay Lohan. God bless her. Is this for when she tried to steal the, the kid off the street? Oh God! Tell me that story. That? <laughs> she tried. She. Uh, she tried, there was a like a, a Roma woman on the street and I can't remember where it was. I think it might have been like Italy or something like that there. And she's had a few drinks. So she, she decided that the best thing to do, this Roma woman had her child sitting on her lap. So she tried to grab the child from the woman 
and she filmed it all as well. So you can again, it's all up online. You can see you can see it all. Um, and I think the woman like punched her in the face, and then she went online going, "Why did she punch me in the face?" It's like we, we tried to fucking steal her kid, you fucking maniac. Yeah. Um, Lindsay one's got to be done for drugs. Gotta be she's, she's been done for drugs, um, violating probation, blah blah blah. In total, she's served 210 days. I was gonna say, yeah. she's white, she's white, it'll be less than a year. Um, Matt Wahlberg, oh, murder, was it? Yeah, it was assault. He killed a guy, not Matt Wahlberg, not according to this website. Mark Wahlberg killed a guy. Well, when did he did he get locked up for it though, or is it just one of these where he says I killed? A I don't guy think once. he was. I don't think he was locked up. Well, okay, I, might I, have I'm killed trying... a guy, but he didn't, we're talking about what he got locked up. I'm for. almost sure. I'm almost sure that what you're talking about is he punched a guy, and the guy hit his head in the pavement, and he and he died. And no, I think he... you're thinking of somebody in Hollyoaks. This is. Uh... Age 16, Matt Wahlberg. He was convicted for beating up two Vietnamese men with a stick while shouting racial remarks. He was given two-year sentence, but only imprisoned for 50 days. Uh, taken to, taken, and that is including the fact that he actually blinded one of his victims. Uh, we're getting I to the good stuff. He, I thought he murdered someone. <laughs> I let, maybe I should take that back. Are you thinking, yeah, I think you should. Are you thinking of Matthew Broderick? <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, Mark. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you didn't kill someone. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. you, get blind, you get blind an immigrant, you fucking cunt. Let's uh, let's head into the home straight. Tim Allen. Oh, uh, drug trafficking. Yep. Do you know how much? It was a lot of cocaine. One point four pounds of cocaine. <laughs> He was caught at the airport. He was staying at life imprisonment, but it was offered a deal to re- a reduced sentence. I wonder what he gave them in exchange for that deal. That's not really much of a deal, is it? Unless you his, give something. To... His white privilege. He served two years. I wonder. I wonder how many. I wonder how many black people that are currently incarcerated are are you know have been incarcerated for like I don't know for selling night all. Danny Trejo. Oh okay. Danny Trejo, gang member, gang affiliation. Racist. <laughs> he was in the gang. Okay. Yeah, he was. Um, armed robbery and drug offences. Do you know how long he was in prison for in the sixties? Oh, seven, eight years. Eleven years. Yeah. Again, he's not white, Paul. <laughs> it's America. He's not white. Last have, two. Have you noticed? Have you noticed the theme? The lo- the longest in prison yep. have well, been people of color. <laughs> OJ. <laughs> well, he wasn't convicted of murder. I nah. know that he. I know that he was convicted of. Basically, the story is that all of his stuff was sold off, and then yeah. some guy was selling it in a in a casino hotel, yeah. and then OJ was just like, "No, nah, fuck you. This is my stuff." So yeah. he went up there and threatened him with a weapon, and so robbery, armed robbery. I would say yeah. that it probably was. Yeah, they got nine um, years. Nine, nine I was, years. Oh, I was gonna say nine years. You wank. Uh, and finally. America, America's dad, Bill Cosby. Bill, Bill Cosby. Uh, well, rape. Uh, <laughs> yeah, being a fucking drug, nonce. Drugging, drugging someone. Uh, I suppose that was part of it. Um, Sentence. But he does. But he does have money. So five, six years. 
He was sentenced in 2018. He was sentenced to three to ten years in prison. And hopefully, he won't, ser- he won't serve ten. I'll tell you that. I was going to say, hopefully, that'll just be uh, that'll prison. just be basically life here. Yeah, yeah die um, in prison, you fucking nonce. Yeah. Um. Somebody, uh, I'm just looking through our Twitter when I asked questions earlier. Somebody said uh, they never did the real Mandarin. This is uh, at good, bad, nerdy pod. They never did the real Mandarin. Should they have? Should they have done the real Mandarin in Iron Man 3? Um, maybe. Um, I, again, I, I think part of the problem as well is, are they? do they really need to introduce another bad guy? So... I think they just chose the Mandarin and, and, and changed him into a throwaway character because the movie the movie isn't leading us forward in any way. It's well, not giving if, us it's not giving us any future you know expectations of Iron Man or Tony Stark or, or anything else. It's not it's not a gateway movie. Well, the um if you actually buy the Blu-ray of Iron Man three, there is a short on it. Um is it Hill the King? You know these uh, these they did these sort of seven minute short films. That were Marvel originally these one shots, small little mm-hmm. stories that were in. The one that was released with Iron Man three was actually filmed at the same time, and it oh no, it might have been a bit later than that actually. But it was basically there was this group that broke into a prison where Trevor and Justin Hammer were being kept held, and they came and found to- Trevor Sl- Tony Slattery, Trevor Slattery, <laughs> um, and basically said to him, uh, "The real I- the real Mandarin wants to talk to you." And they took him off and flew away. So they basically left that the real Mandarin was still out there. Um, and it's also been suggested that in Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, that the Mandarin is going to be making an appearance. So we are going to be getting the real Mandarin in the MCU at some point. Okay. Is Anything it going to be... Than... So I don't even know who that would be, who they would choose. Um, Sorry. Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that wouldn't have any plot holes whatsoever. <laughs> um, anything more from you, sir? Um, no. Peace, love, understanding. Let's try not overthrow the government. You know, let's try not to be racist. Yeah, let's, you know, no let, coups let, this week. No racism. No coups. Let, let's have a quiet week. You know, let, 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 let's let's have a quiet. Let's bring it down. You know, let's all just sit in the house and maybe maybe have a couple of mojitos. You know, let's let's just have a couple <laughs> of mojitos back. and yeah. I mean, oh, I'm craving a mojito now. That's all I'm fucking saying. Yeah, I want a mojito now, right? I've got homeschooling to do tomorrow, Paul. I have two kids to teach. Pomrick is the educator. The educator. Should, should have kept it in your pants. You call my kids ugly? Well, if the cat fits. <laughs> Jesus. One of them. A little bit. I suppose bit. they are, yeah. I suppose yeah, they are. are. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Love you. Yo, listen up, here's the story About a little guy that lives in a blue world And all day and all night And everything he sees is just blue Like him, inside and outside Blue his house with a blue little window And a blue Corvette And everything is blue for him And himself and everybody around Cause he ain't got nobody to listen to I'm blue, I've been beat, I've been died, I've been beat.